Welcome to a new episode of the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. The new the voice new of voice success. success. We all want to feel successful and fulfilled in our lives, but that can be a bumpy road. Through the experiences, journeys and advice of our guests here on Big Idea Big Moves, we will help you get a jump start on experiencing and cultivating whole life success. Be ready to take notes. Every episode has action items that you can apply to your own life right away. Okay, let's get this started. I will now pass you over to the host of Big Idea Big Moves, Jamie Allison. Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, just people doing really cool things in their space and things that we can hear a little bit about their journey and what they've been doing, and hopefully translate some of those into our own lives as well. Um, to have one of those guests today, really going to be uh, exciting to, to hear his story. Um, just before we jump into that, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that uh, one of our sponsors is Thirdsy, and Thirdsy creates natural products that help athletes, busy entrepreneurs, high performers just get better quality rest and recovery from physical or mental stress. So their uh, PM Recovery Collagen is a melatonin-free, sedative-free drink powder that helps you get the best quality rest while supporting both joint and muscle repair as well. So uh, you just take a bit before bed, wake up hopefully more energized and ready to take on your busiest day or your toughest workout as well. Um, so if you are interested in taking a look at it, go to Third Z. that's T-H-I-R-D, zzy.com and use the code BIBM20 and save 20% off. Um, So today's guest is Chad Willardson. He's a longtime certified financial fiduciary and now is also the best-selling author of Stress-Free Money and he's founder of Pacific Capital as well. Um, Back in 2008, Chad left his million-dollar salary at uh, Merrill Lynch to start his own wealth management firm from the ground up. And since then, Chad has grown his own personal net worth to over $10 million and advises entrepreneurs on how to break out of the financial norms uh, that are actually holding them back and help alleviate stress generally around money. Um, So something that will appeal to a lot of people in the audience today. But first of all, uh, Chad, uh, I know you've been busy all morning, so I I appreciate you taking the time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and really appreciate uh, the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, no worries at all. And, and um, you know, like many people listening, um, you had a certain career t- trajectory for a while or a path that you chose and you chose to make a, a change from what a lot of people probably think is, OK, that was a pretty desirable role or desirable roles you had. Um, so tell us a bit about that journey and what what it was that made you make that decision to go out on your own at, at that point in time. Yeah, let me preface that by saying I was never an entrepreneur as a kid. So I was not this person that was an entrepreneur my whole life or as a little kid. I I, uh, I was working in uh, in a big corporation, a Wall Street bank, Merrill Lynch. And I'd been there. I had the corner office. I had a lot of cushy perks. And I didn't ever see myself leaving until the 2008-2009 recession when all the big Wall Street banks started merging and getting bought by other banks Mm -hmm. and just really changed the the corporate culture to be not fun at all, basically. Like I didn't have fun anymore going to work. It was very strict as far as just, there was just so much intervention into what we were doing on a day-to-day basis that I felt it got in the middle of us. It, It created a wedge between us and our clients. 
And so I basically just became fed up with it. And I felt like if I was going to be true to myself, I had to leave. I couldn't do this for the next 30 or 40 years. And so without any experience as an entrepreneur, I, I left a big corporate corner office position and started started over from scratch. It's kind of like the movie Jerry Maguire, if you've seen that. That's, that's yeah. a little bit how I felt uh, packing up my box and walking out. Yeah. Uh, but I, but thankfully, things have really worked out and I haven't looked back. And uh, I can't imagine not taking that big step of faith that I that I took. And, uh, you know, it was scary. If I'm being totally honest, I was scared and I look back and I think, wow, I was 32 years old. I had a few kids and a mortgage and it was like kissing the security goodbye and starting in a whole new world. Yeah. And if and to touch on that again, is that kind of fear piece. There are a lot of people who are listening are probably you know, either feeling some of that or have gone through something similar. And, and one of the big things that does hold people back is fear and some of it. Yeah. could be very valid because, you know, sometimes with families and all of those things, but um, for yourself, are, are there, um, were there certain things that uh, you could do or you did do, or you would suggest doing to help offset that fear, I think, before making a big move like that? I think one of my favorite quotes is from my mentor, Dan Sullivan at Strategic Coach, yeah. and maybe he's re-quoting others, but it says something like, um, Fear is is wetting your pants and courage is taking action with wet pants. And <laughs> I, I don't have like uh, any tips or tricks that really got me over that fear. I just I felt myself. I literally remember waking up one morning as I was about to make the change and resign from my corporate job. And I remember picturing myself at the top of a big diving board. And it was like I was at the very edge of the diving board and I had to make this decision was I was was I going to walk back and walk down the ladder or was I going to take the jump? And for me, it was what it, it was scary. But at the same time, there was a little bit of excitement. And I think that fear and excitement go together sometimes. And we need to realize that if if we're completely unsatisfied with our career position, the company we work for, that's probably not going to change. And so the longer we see ourselves suffering in that, the more our confidence goes down and the less exciting, excited we are to even do what we do. Yeah. And, and we're draining our energy by remaining in a place that we don't belong. And so I'd, I'd say really think about what drains your energy, what fills your energy up, what gets you excited. And if it's not doing what you're doing, then it's probably time to consider a change. No one. When Chad, you did make that change, and and you went into um, you know an environment that's that can be quite different. Um, you know, what are some of the like were there a lot of habits or routines that you had to change? Um, you know, going from that type of uh, a culture and environment into being an entrepreneur, it can be very different. Are there things that you felt you really had to shift once you moved into that type of role? I mean, I just had no experience, so uh, paying bills for a business, signing a lease, buying office equipment and desks, hiring people, HR, yeah. benefits, um, permits with the city. Like this is stuff that I had never dealt with at a corporate career job. So there were so many unknowns and, and I was learning along the way. And frankly, it's been 12 years and I'm still learning a lot um, yeah. as an entrepreneur. So, yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, now we're at a point in time where there there are lots of people that probably are listening and thinking okay there's still a there's a possibility of a recession still people still talk about that they're at least dealing with high inflation rates yeah. um 
there are, you know, a lot of people would say there's opportunities that come out of that type of environment as well. And so from your perspective, um, how can people take advantage of that environment rather than necessarily being completely fearful of that type of environment that we're in right now? One of my most viral posts on LinkedIn was, I think it was kind of, I titled it, I, I choose not to participate in recessions. And I talked about how recessions are different. They're, they're different for most people because everyone decides to go hunker down at the same time. And I think those are some of the greatest opportunities when there's uncertainty in the world and there's uncertainty in the economy. And people are wondering like, you know, where the next bad guy is coming out from around the corner. And I don't think the news helps us. I think the news is going to continue to promote the fear that keeps people engaged and watching and tuning in. So interest rates are high. There could be a recession. We may be in a recession. Could be a nasty recession next time and later this year. I don't know. Um, that's unpredictable. So I, I really try to help myself, my friends, family, clients focus on what's in within your control and think about the opportunities that you have in front of you. Times of uncertainty really create opportunities to shift and to shift your course for the future, making small minor changes in what you do every day, how you invest, what business career you're focused on building. You can really stand out when everyone else is fearful and hiding. Uh, so I actually think uncertain times create the greatest opportunities for people who want to succeed. So, uh, you know, you talk a lot and you advise a lot of entrepreneurs and, um, you know, how they can, uh, you know, not only how to start and build a business, um, but create some more financial freedom and remove some of that stress away from it. Um, what are some of the biggest um, uh, pitfalls that you see entrepreneurs in particular or, or people in that type of business? Um, what kind of things are, are some of the biggest detractors from being able to find that financial freedom for them? I'd say it's thinking in the moment rather than the long term. Most people are distracted. Uh, distraction is a big thing. They're tempted, temptations to make financial decisions or business decisions that are short-sighted. And it's easy to get caught up in the herd mentality of, oh my gosh, the world is ending. I better sell my investments. I better not spend money on marketing. I better maybe cut back my staff's hours or not hire this extra person. So everyone shrinks with fear when we should be doing the opposite. We should be doubling down on our efforts to grow. Um, financial freedom is really found when you focus on what you can control and make decisions based on the long-term. One example, a really simple example of this is if you're trying to lose weight and get fit and healthy, you could do three straight days of healthy eating and exercising and lifting weights and probably not see much of a difference right away. Yeah. And so you could say, well, this doesn't work, so I'm not going to do this anymore. Uh, but if you were to do that routine for 12 months, you'd probably transform your body and transform your entire life. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the challenge we have is that we want to see instant results. But when it comes to investing, when it comes to making good financial decisions, when it comes to careers and businesses, when it comes to personal health, you can't really see instant results from the efforts you're making. It's that compound interest, compound growth over time that really magnifies the results of the efforts you've made consistently. So that consistency and that discipline can turn into something really special the more time you give it. Um, I, I just posted a LinkedIn post today where I showed in the last week, um, my LinkedIn posts have had over 240,000 clicks. 
and my profile views are up to like 12,000 in just a very short time frame. And I have no LinkedIn hacks or tricks. People ask me that. I don't have any. I've just been consistent over time. Like I consistently post, I consistently engage with my audience and I'm active on there, but I don't have any tips or tricks. I just think the longevity and the consistency and the quality will turn out great results. And that's no different when it comes to making money decisions. It's the same principles. Uh, you also, I know, um, say something that, um, you know, on the, on the surface may sound really controversial, but you, um, I know kind of reject the, the whole kind of retirement norm that people have in their, in their head. And you, you actually say you should never actually um, plan to retire the same way or, or something very similar. You should never actually retire. So maybe explain that a little bit because people right away, well, you know, that's, it, it, there are people who really said, uh, here's my deadline and then I retire yeah. and it's over. Right. So yep. what, yep. What do, you, what do you mean by that when you say it? It's a great question. I'd say uh, retirement, traditional retirement is dead. And, um, you know, retirement was really meant for the factory worker who was hard labor, injury prone. Retirement is about not becoming useful anymore. It's like if you retire a machine, that machine is no longer in use. It's no longer productive. We're just going to throw it out back. So I personally don't want to be in a situation where I have a long life stage of being unuseful. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the new retirement is more about staying actively engaged in projects that are interesting to you, uh, being involved in things, being healthy, being stimulating your brain by being involved in business discussions or charities or doing podcasts, like doing things that keep you in the game. Uh, the, the days of I work for 40 years and then I'm just on my porch in the rocking chair reading the newspaper until I die like that, that those days are over. I don't think that applies to to all of us living here today. Yeah. I think it's more about finding a second career, or a third career of something that I'm really interested in. I'm taking up new hobbies. And if you love what you do, why would you stop? Yeah. Well, I want to spend time with my family. Okay. Well then, you know, do, do something that's part-time, do something that's remote, do something that allows you to have freedom to travel still. But I think the cold Turkey retirement concept is, is really a, a thing of the past. Well, and, and how do you, how do you do that personally yourself now, Chad? Like, do you, um, I mean, there are some people that say it's, it's difficult to kind of balance your, your own kind of health and wellness and family and all of those uh, things, plus be able to build a, a company. Um, how do you try to balance those off in some way and, and be able to feel, you know, fulfilled from a whole life kind of standpoint? The, the greatest book on this topic of collaboration is Who Not How?, by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And it really talks about, it's not about how I can achieve certain things. It's about who can help me. And it's identifying people in your life that you could collaborate with or team up with or hire or <clears throat> delegate to, to do certain things that keep, that keep them energized and keep me energized. So, you know, my primary business is Pacific Capital. I own it 100%. But I have a bunch of businesses that I've co-founded or that I've invested in, like Gravy Stack. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's a financial literacy gaming app that is a bank for kids that's going to go live in the next two months that we've invested close to $10 million on. We've got you know a staff of 50 to 60 team members working full time. Mm -hmm. I don't give a ton of time to that <clears throat> other than creating content and giving oversight to the financial concepts. Yeah. 
but I'm very interested in the mission of financial literacy for kids. Yeah. So, so when someone asks, like, how do you balance all that? Well, I, I team up with great people and I make sure to only do the things that I'm really, really good at and, and everything else, I make sure someone else is handling it because I, I admit that I have a lot of weaknesses and a lot of shortcomings. Yeah. So well, I don't I, try to do everything. And, and you, you mentioned a, a couple of times, Dan Sullivan there, and that's his whole, his whole concept, I, I think is built around, you know, how do you find kind of high level individuals that do kind of different things and kind of share and help each other through that, that process. How, how integral has that been to kind of your own success and being able to kind of under, you know, be, be connected to that type of person and understand how, um, you know, you, uh, you can, you can benefit from being connected and having a good tight network with, with high quality people. Yeah. For me as an entrepreneur, joining the strategic coach program has been transformational. Yeah. And so any of these, any of the listeners who want to join um, Strategic Coach, I think it's such a great organization, great coaching. It's not like one-on-one coaching. It's more about helping you get the best thinking out of you. Mm-hmm. So they don't give you the answers, but they help you think, think through your own answers in your own journey. And you connect with great entrepreneurs that are going through the similar challenges at different phases of their career. But it's just a great, great network. Um so it's been it's been very instrumental in my growth and and how I've shaped my life and my business for sure. Yeah, I, and maybe that's a that's a question too. Are you um uh when you set your own goals wherever they come from, like however kind of different parts of your life, um, are you uh I write down all my goals, I kind of check and I have a checklist. How do, how do you approach goal setting yourself from a personal standpoint? I'm an obsessive goal setter. So (laughs) I, uh, I write them down daily. I write them down daily, even if they're repetitive and I wrote them down yesterday, I write them down. I review them. I read them a lot. I think about them. Um, I share them with the people in my inner circle. So I just think whatever you focus on and think about, you're going to attract. And I believe that there's a lot of power in keeping them top of mind. And now, so, you know, you, you're also an author, um, you know, how, how has that been actually just being, I mean, that's very different than kind of, you know, very, you know, than being a, a strict financial guy. I mean, you know, yeah. you're, you're doing something that's, that's creative at the same time. And um, how's the reaction been being able to kind of see, you know, people buying that and, and having questions about it and maybe the impact that you're making with it? Yeah, so I'll I'll share this update. I'm I'm writing my fourth book right now. I have three bestsellers out. First book is called Stress Free Money. Yeah. Second book is Smart Not Spoiled. It's about how to teach kids about money. Third book is called Beyond the Money. That's for entrepreneurs who have already financially quote unquote made it. It's talking about what to do once you've made, once you've got eight figures in the bank and you're how to stay fulfilled and energized. Yeah. And the fourth book, the working title draft right now is called Fit for Wealth. And it's talking about the correlation of creating optimal physical health uh, while creating significant financial wealth. So oh, becoming good. an author has been great. I love to write. I love to create content that's timeless, that's helpful, that's insightful. It's not just me in the book talking. I get a lot of really, really good ideas from dynamic people, clients friends, um, just connections I've made. Yeah. And so there's a lot of collective wisdom I've learned so much as I've written these books. And I think it's just been a great experience. You know, my, my initial goal in COVID was 
in 2020 was write 10 books and publish 10 books in 10 years. So that was kind of a ridiculous goal well, I made in COVID. You're on your after. way though. <laughs> I'm on my way. I'm on my fourth book in four years right now. So, yeah. so far, so good. Good, good. And, and so that one that's upcoming, um, just uh, because obviously, uh, you know, our, our audience is very swayed to both kind of entrepreneurs, CEOs, and then a lot of athletics and, and fitness um, pieces to it. So um, cool. how, how do you do that from your end? I mean, how do you make sure that, um, you know, you get lots of time and like, do you have, do you do sports? Do you have a very specific time that you dedicate to that? Uh, how do you, how do you make sure that you're kind of at your, you're able to, to at least have a fitness level that helps with your work. Yeah. So I, I share some of that in the new book. And uh, last year I hired a new personal trainer and for my family, I actually hired a private chef. So we have five kids age seven to 18 Yeah, and it's busy. All of our kids play two <laughs> sports. Yeah. So literally we're on 10 sports teams at a time. So every night, every weekend is our kids sports. That's all it is. So yeah. myself, my workouts are very early, um, sometime between the five and the six o'clock hours. Sometimes it goes till 630. And then I play basketball twice a week. So luckily, um, my legs are still good and I can still play play hoops yep. with uh, a much younger crowd. I'm the old guy <laughs> out there. But um, so, yeah, I, I think I keep track of my food and my fitness pal. My trainer sees it and can give me feedback on how things are going. But I track my sleep, my food, my my workouts. And then besides weightlifting, I'm playing basketball twice a week. So I think you've got to fill yourself up before you can give out to the, to the world. And so keeping, taking care of your personal health is to me is critical. Now, um, you know, are you, uh, do you see foresee a stage where you scale back on what you're doing? I mean, you, you've got a lot going on right now. You've got a young family and everything, but you did talk about, you know, retirement isn't an end date, but is there a time where you, you shift things. I mean, I don't know if you've read, there's a couple of books recently about kind of, you know, one stage, one stage to another, that kind of one career to another thing. Have you thought through how that kind of works for you? No, I, I don't think so. I think um, what I'm doing is sustainable. I have lots of, I do have lots of capacity and free time because I've got great team members. And yep. so, you know, I'm taking this, I'm doing this podcast here from my kitchen at home yep. and I'm able to create some, a lot of experience time for me and my family so that I'm not completely just um, only doing work. So I, I've yeah. got great balance and I've got great team members. And so I don't see a need to uh, make significant changes in what I'm doing. I, I really love what I do and I'm, I'm full of energy. So it's so far so good. We'll knock yeah. on wood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and as long as it is something you, you enjoy and are energized by it like you said, why change? Right. So, right. um, so one of the things that we ask everybody, Chad, is to, to try to kind of get a couple of things people can take away. Um, and I, there's been lots of things already today. The other thing I would say, and we'll, we'll kind of, you'll know, go back to that right after this about your books and, and make sure people can be connected to that. But if, um, if you're maybe an entrepreneur or somebody kind of, you know, thinking of doing that in the next little while, do you have kind of, whether it's two or three kind of either key steps or things that they can do kind of right, right away that um, may drastically Im impact their what their finances might be over time or, or their stress levels might be over time. Do you have a couple of kind of quick tips that people would could kind of take away from that end? Yeah, I mean, two, two simple things, I principles that I think are foundational. One of them is invest, invest a portion of every paycheck. You know, every dollar that you earn, 
there should be a percentage of that that goes towards investing for your future. So you can't go back in time and plant seeds to grow into these big trees that produce fruit and shade in your later years. The greatest asset you have as an investor is time. And so the more you can plant seeds and plant varieties of seeds early on as an entrepreneur or not as an entrepreneur, it doesn't really matter. Planting these seeds and investing a portion of every paycheck is just a principle of delayed gratification and taking advantage of compound interest. That's critical to financial freedom and success. Another one I would say as an entrepreneur or just an investor in general is successful. all successful investing is goal-focused and planning-driven. All failed investing is market outlook focused. It's reacting to the headlines, the news, the scary stuff going on. So I would say the two things would be focus on what you can control mm-hmm. and set specific and measurable goals as a, for your business, for your personal life, for your health, for your money, for your relationships. Like you're only going to get what you're aiming at. You, you can't go out and become better at archery if there's no target set up. You're going to be shooting, shooting bow and arrow into the trees, right? You have to have a target set up. So I think what's something that's helped me and our clients is that we have specific goals. We have specific targets that we're aiming for. And that just helps direct our decisions today towards goals that we're aiming for in the future. Perfect. Um, and very actionable things people can do because, um, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, as you come up to the end of quarters and things like that, then, then kind of take a fresh start and, and take a look at all of those things and make sure you've got some yeah, very on that note, goals, right? On yeah. that note, I'll say this. One of the books I really liked was called The 12-Week Year. Yeah. And in my company, we set it up to where instead of annual, annual employee reviews and annual bonuses, we do mm-hmm. 12-week years. So right now we're in year one, 2023. Yeah. And year two will start April 1st. All of our employees are eligible for annual bonuses every three months. They get a fresh set of goals they get to set for the following three months. And we call that a year. So year two, they'll have new goals. They'll have four employee reviews throughout the calendar year and four different chances for bonuses and upgrades and things like that. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a great concept. Everything is so fast nowadays too, to be able to like, as you look at it, it's not, it's not a bad thing to have a longer kind of idea of where things are going, but at the same time in any business, being able to do that with your employees and to have a very structured kind of quarterly or year one, two, three, and four piece um, makes tons and tons of sense right now. So I think um, so. Well, uh, you know, if people are, are trying to follow you, uh, you mentioned uh, your LinkedIn and, and you have a good presence there and other places. What are some of the best ways of, of following you? And then also um, if they want to pick up one of your books as well, Chad. Yeah, chadwillardson.com or the, all the books are on Amazon. So that's that's awesome. a great place or connect and follow on LinkedIn. Okay. Well, and what we'll do is we'll put in the show notes kind of that link and all of those links as well. So if people want to follow uh, Chad and what he's doing, you should pick up the book. I just uh, I just finished Stress-Free Money, but I'm definitely going to uh, li- uh, read the other ones as well, Chad. So, uh, Thank you. so I appreciate that. Um, and again, you know, I know, uh, you know, you've got a busy day, so I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, uh, if as a listener, if you haven't hit subscribe in the podcast, do that now. We have great people every week, just like Chad. Um, and uh, again, have a have a fantastic rest of the day, Chad. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. And to everybody else, we'll talk again on Big Idea, Big Moves. Hit that subscribe button yet. Go on. You know you want to. 
Thanks for listening to the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. Be sure to drop us a comment on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at bigidea underscore big moves. We love to hear your feedback. Till next time, remember, big change comes from small, consistent actions.